Welcome to the Memberships Mastermind Podcast, the podcast that helps you create a profitable membership that serves you and your family. Hi, we're Paul and Melissa Pruitt, and we help online entrepreneurs build, launch, and grow their memberships. Each month, we host two live Memberships Mastermind Zoom calls, where we coach and collaborate with other membership site owners all over the world. On each podcast episode, we bring you one question that the Mastermind worked through. You'll get ideas and strategies that you can start implementing right away. So if you're ready to fill in the gaps in your business, decrease overwhelm, and finally get all the answers on your membership that you've been looking for, let's dive in. Welcome Welcome to to the the Memberships Memberships Mastermind Mastermind Podcast. So we are going to start with Carrie. Hello. Hello. So my question is, I need some advice on how to figure out why I did not have a great open enrollment period this last time. And, you know, I, it started by not having a great challenge enrollment, but it actually, and, but the metrics are even worse when I actually looked at my open enrollment metric compared to a year ago. And it was literally 0.5% of my newsletter people signed up for my membership a year ago when I had my last open enrollment, which was actually, it was in June, I think 2%. And on top of that, I've like really improved my whole email sequence. I've had improved my sales page and I've got metrics up the wazoo, but I still can't figure out what my lessons learned are so that I know what to fix. <laughs> and so I'm looking for advice. <laughs> great, great question. Good mm-hmm. question. So has anybody had a situation where they've had a launch And it didn't go as well as they thought it was going to go, even though they're tracking all the numbers. Does anybody want to jump in and either ask questions and or give any thoughts? Let's go with Meg first. I think we all have to think about how this season or this summer or this spring, I've noticed the same thing. Like I did really well in January and I'm in the fitness industry. So that makes sense, right? Not that I believe in that, but Just as restaurants do, I think we need to forecast and keep records. Paul and Melissa always say do the the will, right? So what went right? What does it stand for? (laughs) Improve. And it's the last one. Learn. Learn. I have my glasses on. Oh, yeah. so, <laughs> it would just be timing. And then just whatever you could have learned from that, keep notes and see if maybe it's there's going to be a trend at certain times of year. I think this year is going to be a little different, a little wonky for everyone. Just don't be hard on yourself. I think that could be part of the reason. That's just my two cents. I mean, Maggie, you quite possibly are right because I have an older population. So they were probably even more into, I mean, because I had the rest of this year, previous year, you know, the previous like three quarters were fabulous for me, Right. But those were like flash sales. And so I go to like this full open enrollment and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> you know, yeah. so I'm trying to just figure out again, I don't want to overreact, right, to it. I, but I also yes. don't want to just put my head in the sand also in that process. Right, right. I, I agree with you. Balance, right? And I think some of the, you know, really well-known people, and I know this for a fact from, you know, people that I've known that I could trust have told me that they've had, they're having really wonky years. Like, I don't think they really want that information out there, but so you're not alone. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Meg. Let's go over to Cheryl. Hi, and hi, Carrie, and hi, Hi, everybody. Basically what Meg said, I 
had a small backend launch and it went great in June when they were all hot and on fire ending the course. But I've uh, done a, a relaunch of it the last week to crickets. And I know my audience is very motivated. They've done a big course with me. They really want what I'm offering. And they're not even watching like a killer videos that normally they'd be all over. So I'm wondering also how much of it's kind of July, August. Let's go play outside. Let's not do anything else. So that was a similar sort of observation I was going to share as well. Thank you. Thank you, Cheryl. So let's go over to Vashali. So, Carrie, what I was thinking is if there was a way you could compare your previous launch with this launch and see what you did different. Yeah, ironically, I have. And that's where I said the only things I've done have actually improved (laughs) certain things. (laughs) Okay, I'm I'm like a metric fiend, right? I have like, I have exactly what I've done in these launches. And I'm like, okay, it's interesting, but but not necessarily informative. <laughs> so maybe in the next launch, you could just go back to what was working. Your improvements probably <laughs> didn't quite do what they wanted it to do. Yeah. I mean, the, here's the interesting thing. Okay. So like I've had all of my email sequences reviewed by the ad coaches. So I, I actually went and looked at some of the different metrics. I did like a, a, an early flash sale in June, because that was my normal thing to do. And my open rate was higher in that group, along with my click rate, right? So so that told me that the email sequences were working better, right, than what I had had before. But then I took that same email sequence and went to my larger newsletter group. And I mean, it was really low in terms. Now, again, it's not as hot of an audience, so I would expect it to be lower, but my suspicions are it's even lower than, you know, what it should have been. So, you know, I mean, because that's why I had gone in with like a great deal of confidence because I'm like, wow, I've tested it with this flash sale, everything, you know, the metrics were showing me what I was thinking was, you know, more successful item. But again, I do think it might be what, just that whole timing thing. I think my potential customers are playing now and not on the computer. (laughs) Did you change the sales page? I actually, I've done two changes of the sales page from a year ago, both I think from feedback from the adaptive coaches. And it's a stronger sales page. Sometimes it's hard to look at it objectively, but it reads better. It flows better. It was somewhat sloppy before Mm -hmm. is what I will say. So I don't really want to go back because I'm not sure that's the right answer. But again, I'm sort of just confused. <laughs> no, 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 that's, that's good. And we have some feedback. Let's go over to Lisa. Kari, I'm in the quilting niche too, like you. And I noticed quilters don't read long sales pages. I don't know if that's your experience too. They still ask me the questions that are on the sales page. So I actually experiment with the super short checkout page for my membership that I just did a founding member launch this weekend. And they're reading some of it, but not even all of that either. So I don't know if it's the whole format, the long sales page, that's not really clicking with them. Because I'm sure you still get the same questions that's explained on your sales page, right? Oh, of course. You, you, yeah. you, know, you always get only a percentage that read a percentage. <laughs> yes. That's, that's great feedback. That, yeah, thank I'd you. I'd say long and short sales pages are always good to do a test 
against both of versions with your audience, just to see if one does resonate more than another. What I'll do is I'll, I'll follow up on, on this. There's a couple of different things I want you to think about because I we know very well how detailed you are with your metrics. And so it's something that what I want you to do, though, is I want you to separate those people that were on your email list last year during that launch compared to the new people you brought and grew into your list because you're comparing a percentage of people. But keep in mind that one and a half percent, like the other 98.5% already heard this offer before. They made a decision not to take it before. Mm -hmm. And did you grow incrementally? Like out of your growth, did you get a high percentage of conversion? Like the people that have never heard your offer before. Because we're just looking at everybody like they're all equal. Well, some of these people are groomed to get free that newsletter from you and get free content. And they're just tickled pink with that. And they've consciously made a choice over this past year, year and a half to say no to your offer before. Yeah. So it's like we're keeps reshaking that trade. Now, here's the thing. And this is what I want you to think as well is out of the flash sales that you've done, did you technically shake the tree of the new people? Did you actually get them in advance before you did your big launch? Like, did you actually like take the people that are willing to buy that were part of your newer audience that you've slowly incrementally built and grew? So this is the interesting thing for a lot of us. There's a saturation point when you go back to that well over and over again, there's Mm -hmm. a certain point you just basically squeezed all the opportunity that you have out of it. So we either have to introduce new opportunity and bring new people into this audience, or we need to give a new offer That would be of interest to a different part of that audience because the 98.5 that did not buy your offer on that previous launch probably did buy something in your niche in the last so many months, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't your offer specifically, but it probably was something else. So are you willing to put a different offer in? Like right now, in the moment of us recording this, we have, as, as you mentioned, because you're you're part of the membership, you're an adaptive membership, right? So that's like one of our core offers that we have. Now, in the past, we had our Facebook ads course that led people into that, right? But what's interesting, we keep hearing this rhythm of people asking, because they see us over and over again doing very successful launches with our challenges, you know, whether it's an affiliate launch with like, you know, big promotions and or if it's uh, our own launches, they see it. And we keep getting, you know, six figure launches over and over again. So then it's like, at what point do we stop, you know, ignoring people keep asking us about our launches and say, well, hold on. Our audience is basically telling us if you put this other offer into the marketplace, we most likely will buy it because we want that knowledge from you. So what we're going to do pretty soon is we're going to put that launch and we're going to do a challenge on challenges basically. And then that'll lead into a challenge course, which would then on the back end lead into the membership. So in a way we're changing our front end offer to attract the same group. We're going to go back to our same audience because our audience has already said, Hey, we'd like to have different or more from you. But when we keep repeating, when you keep going back to the well with the same offer over and over again, you might hit a saturation point because you'll get the trickle. You'll get the people that are ready, willing, and able now. But then it's like, we either have to bring in a new bucket of people in there. So this is outside of what everybody else has already talked, because we always have to be market aware. Mm-hmm. You know, there's social things going on. There's going to be seasonal things that go on. There's going to be other elements that we always want to be externally aware, but not be controlled by external. Because in every market, in every situation, in every niche, there's still people making a lot of money in every niche, no matter what externally is going on. Mm-hmm. You know, So we want to lean into those opportunities. 
but I would so just maybe, say maybe yeah. doing like another like I have an intro course that's probably like four years old now and I've had a lot of people take it some who have converted to the membership some who haven't right and I had sort of wondered if I should do maybe a part two mm. because there's some people that just don't want the whole recurring membership payment sure. thing you sort of get that but maybe yeah I mean, I had that was one of the things I was playing with was, is okay, do I need to, you know, create essentially a part two to the intro course and then try to re grab some of those people that took Mm -hmm. the intro course and never moved right beyond that point? Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Good, yeah. great, great suggestions. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, you get the marketing part of this, not the because there's there's gonna be we have several people that are in fitness and health on here, but I'm gonna give a, a good and bad example at the same time. There's billions of people that are going to McDonald's every day, but they still do a promotion for the mix uh, Shamrock Shake every year to get different group of people to show up there. And every once in a while, they reintroduce that McRib thing or whatever it is. We don't go to McDonald's, but I just <laughs> want to use this as a point of reference. Just, but they still put in a different promotion that'll bring a whole bunch of people in. You know what I mean? So it's like, what is that next hook that you can put out to the pull the other group of people through your world? Yeah. I, I also decided to take your advice in terms of maybe doing a monthly flash sale for just, mm. you know, 48 hours. Yeah. In fact, that's going to be my submission this week. <laughs> <laughs> so, But, you know, just thinking, okay, maybe I can at least you know, pick up some people where just timing was bad, right? And, yep. and that type yep. of thing to do that. But yeah, but I, part of me is like, yeah, do I need to have something else? And and I also just need to be thankful. I benefited hugely during the pandemic, yeah. right? Because I was offering an online thing to people that that really were afraid to leave their houses. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, some of me says, okay, you know, just get over it and move on, right? I just say keep us up to date and just in but look at the new historical data because definitely the data that you have was during very unique times. And for that same group of people, you might start seeing other repetitive patterns that are happening in future launches you're doing. And it might actually reveal more because you have you still have a small sample that you're going off the data, you know, that that we really need a full cycle of different things happening for you to see what is the real average and all of that. Thank you so much. Welcome. Awesome. If you enjoyed this podcast, then join us on our free live Zoom calls twice a month. You'll get to ask your membership questions and hang out with awesome membership owner peeps. Just sign up to be notified at membershipsmastermind.com.